Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we are back and we kick things off straight away with the Fast Five highlight, lowlight, best, worst, and questions coming out of the round three action. Brock, what was your highlight? Manu Vatavai's Samoan sidestep. Big he fan. Ran for, uh, he ran for almost 200 metres um, and had a barnstorm of a game, but instead of putting a little bit of finesse on Will Hopawada, he thought, nah, bugger that. Well, I will give him a run straight over you. I will give him a rap. He did look to see if there was support. There was nobody, so then he just decided I'll just go over the top of him instead. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't think he looked for support. Well, I think he had a look. But, and I uh, don't think he's got a pass in his game, to be honest. I think he does, <laughs> if he wanted to. I think he just likes running over blokes. Yeah. I love Marnie. And, and yeah, that's what I want to see from Marnie. I don't want to see him pass the ball. No, it's neither. Job. I want to see him destroy people. <laughs> that's right. It's, uh, yeah, my highlight was just all the kids. I thought, uh, speaking of... Someone in that mould, Solomon Carter. Thought he had a really good game. Also, Tuimala Lola here, who continues to impress. Uh, Ewan Aiken, the Dragons, finally grew a brain and threw him in first grade, almost 200 metres on debut, seven or eight tackle busts. Uh, and then other blokes that are still very young. You see Martin Tapao. I love the way he riled up all the South players. And uh, Tohu Harris, Dylan Narva. I thought Tapao went probably overstepped the mark a little bit. I loved it. I absolutely like, loved the it. The push on Adam Reynolds and... It was just a little bit of niggle I thought wasn't needed. That one I didn't have a problem with because that was out off the dropout. No, no, I'm trying he, to get he's the not bloke, looking... So. I, I, yeah, I just didn't like it. Yeah, but if you're going to tackle someone you're in the way, get out of my way. They were going down on a kick chase. I don't think it's more the, the bit at the looking. end... He's got every right to hold his ground, Adam Reynolds. The bit at the end where they, he stirred up the fake fight, I found that very amusing because when five of them ran in, he just put his head up and started laughing. Mm. He, uh, he was the one-man army, so... Uh, just the young kids in general, that was my highlight of the round. But uh, what about your low? Uh, well, it was sort of a low and a high. Like, the referees making the players go back and play the ball on the mark. I've been screaming at it, about it for, yeah. well, as long as we've been doing the podcast, right? But It only happened in and one for, game. For a, uh, no, it happened in a couple. But for from a coach's point of view, there's nothing worse than a player walking off the mark because they split the markers. And, it you know, if, if you're playing Melbourne or the Roosters or, you know, even the Tigers with a nine that as soon as the markers are out of play, they're going to take off and expose you through the middle of the field. Well, that's where the game's won and lost now. But it was sort of a highlight and a low light. A highlight in the fact that they've they're finally picked it up and they're starting to police it. But a low light in the fact that it's round three. As you said, it wasn't in every game. I, I don't sort of understand why it was the flavour of the week. Yeah. If they're going to do it, don't send them back and stop the flow of the game. Just penalise them. Mm. And then the players will get the message, similar to all this controversy about uh, players being hit off the ball. Just penalise them. Penalise them and, and just rub it out of the game. Fix it. Referees have got to take control. They're the authority on the field. Um, they've got to take ownership of that. Uh, and I think you know those two in particular are the perfect examples of where the referees could take some ownership and, and rub those things out of the game. Because I, I totally I hate players walking off the mark. 
It's my bugbear. You haven't earned those meters. I'm pretty old school. I don't, I don't know. Do you agree or disagree? I heard it too, but I've just let it go because they just... Because you've tackled someone yeah, but I'm on just the saying, 10 and, I've they, and, they've, generally... and they walk forward and grab hold of you and get two metres. They haven't hurt those metres. I don't like it when they nudge past and the marker's like, what's going That's... on? And the ref's like, oh, just play the ball. Markers and, aren't square, like, and, you know, it's rubbish. That's why I like guys that generally stand over them or drop their knees in when they try to push forward because it's pretty much telling well, them, I know, no, I know you what, stay. Um, I know what the Panthers is, you know, <clears> you've, they're taught to not, not allow that to happen. Don't get caught up by the man playing the ball. No. Make sure you fir- at first marker you're active. Strong stance. Such a, yeah, it's such a, uh important role. If I was first marker, I always made it my mission, especially if I was the last man to stand up off someone. I used them pretty much as a human doormat to get right in front of them. And when I planted my feet at arm's length, that was it. If they move forward after that, I'll push the bloke. The other thing, I don't want to carry on about referees, but where's this release? Where's the release interpretation gone? No. Like I said, a couple of weeks. They're always it's gone. Gonna, they're always going to do it's it. It's gone. They're laying. It, it's back to WrestleMania. They're laying. The, the rocks are that slow. It's ridiculous. Well, I've got to jump in while we're on it. The refs uh, blew up last week. The no tries or the tries they didn't check. Uh, the, you know the ones against the Titans. A couple of double movement calls that were no tries this week. It happened to Blake Austin. Uh, the Dallin try. Just yeah. There, there's there's plenty of other calls over the weekend. I, I can't sit here and go through them all. There's too bloody many, but. Dead sad. I hate talking about the refs, so I'm just going to leave it to that. But they really, really make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I don't know if someone hasn't clubbed one yet. Yeah. I know it's a shit job. We've spoken of that before. It's, it's a hard job, but no, I just, I just think they're making it harder than what it needs to be. What I don't get, and we said this again last week, look, we've, they got two touch judges, two referees, a video ref, and then it's like, we won't check a try, but they'll spend three minutes checking to see how they're going to restart. Mm. And then there's other simple calls, just common sense. They watch things in slow motion, and it looks worse. No, I'm, I'm just, not going to argue yeah. Even the people in the box, though, I'm not even going to get into that. There's some ex-players that made some bad calls. Luke Diamond Phillips made an absolute Barry Crocker on the weekend. I'm like, seriously, if the ex-players oh. thing was supposed to fix it, oh, God. Oh. You hang around with him long enough, you become him. Yeah, I think he's slowly moved over to the dark side. Henry Perinara is probably the only one I still think's got... I like Henry. I, I, think, he's, I think he's the best, best ref in the game. Well, funnily yeah. enough, we, well, we grabbed Sean Hampstead on the weekend when we commentated the New South Wales Cup game, and he said that straight away, that probably the best transition to play out of referee was Henry Perinara. I just like him. He just having, knows having rugby a lot of success. Yeah, he, and he I think he, he calms he... down a lot of situations where players usually get heated yeah. and start going at the ref like, you're just in the way, you get out of it. Yeah. So, uh, what about your best? Blake Green. Put him in Origin. I said at the start of the year. I'm serious. He Mate, he could play Origin. Well, you can already put a pen through that because Laurie Daly's only picking a combination from the yeah, club. Yeah, so. combination. Blah blah blah. Cooper Look, Cronk is. It's, a, yeah, it's it's obviously a joke. The Origin stuff, but if if his form warrants it and, they, and we need him, he wouldn't be out of place. But they won't pick him. Um, the Storms left side rebuild. They're now threat on both sides of the field. To the people who who again. Sounded the death knell of Melbourne at the start of the year. They won't make the eight. Blah blah blah. It, go and bang your head on a table, as Lewis would say. Yeah, as long as Bellamy's Fair there income. and we've got those three I players, just, you're I, all kidding yourselves. Unbelievable. Uh, and I knew, I knew that Blake Green was obviously going to be better than Ben Roberts. That's not hard. <laughs> Cross. But um, and you could play better at five. Look, I, the combination he's got with Toe Harris. Like, I don't want to insult Ryan Hoffman either, but it looks like. Toe Harris is at least on Hoffman's level. Well, he's probably got a little bit more upside right. than Hoffman because he can pass. Well, that's he can why we let him go. He's a bigger body. Um, someone yeah, asked me. Right? Someone asked me this the other day. From an Origin player, international to a Kiwi international. So really, they've lost nothing. Mate, we have the core of the Kiwi forward pack in our side. With pro- and I was about to say that like the beautiful thing for me. Top four. They don't finish top four. I'll be very surprised. The beautiful thing for me, and I said this at the start there. I think people are underestimating Jordan McLean, and I don't think enough smart people understand how valuable Dale Finucane is. 
I clearly think we have what one a steal. Of, I clearly think we have one of the best forward packs in the comp. What a steal! And even McLean the other night impressed me. Later on in the game, we utilised him as a back rower and we put Glasby in the middle. And that's the other one I want to give a rap to. Tim Glasby, when he when he said he was going to stay, the way he finished the back end of last year, I'm like I like Glasby, but the first few weeks, so I'm really happy when he comes off the bench. Yeah. I'm not having one of these things where I'm like, oh, this guy's only going to play ten minutes. He, he's uh, no, he's good. Yeah, he, he's coming up, but. Mine was the same. Mine was the Storm and Green purely because, like you said, we've got both sides. Um, Cronk and Proctor was a real feature for me last year, but to watch those two on the weekend makes me feel a lot better because as far as I'm concerned, a half's best weapon or his best friend should be his back row because they ride shotgun together and everything they do, defence, yeah, attack. And we've got Proctor and Cronk on the other side. Exactly, and now we've got a bit of a balance. with And that frees up Billy, and we no longer have defences adding that extra number to the one side that Cronk's going to. Yeah, I still think I think Cronk and Smith and Slater are still warming into the season. No, they haven't done anything. So it's, uh, Billy's up to scratch, but he's going to find out. his confidence. And the other two, you saw look, Cronk look come out. off with about 10. 15 to go. It'll only be if they get injuries. If they yeah. get injuries, a couple of key players are going to struggle. But yeah, we don't, we that, don't have much depth. they keep them all fit and firing? Yeah, 100%. What about your worst? I think this is going to be the same. The worst, the, the surface the of the No, the surface of Brookvale Oval. That oh, was a disgrace. That was pretty bad. It's an absolute disgrace. Mate, I'd, I'd blame me knee up just having a jog on that thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got to scratch your, your head and think, okay, well, it probably got, it went, it's gone through to the keeper because no one got injured. You know what I really if don't Brett like? Morris does his knee... Oh, big time. Wow. It's going to be blow-up central. And the next game is in... I believe it's in Albury. So yeah, take, they're going to sort of take to look after it. To Gosford, they're starting to talk about Jesus. But I'll, tell you, my, I'll tell you my issue. They passed the buck, said it was the council. Council passed the buck, said it was the NRL. NRL everyone's passing the buck. You know what you do? Just fix it. How about exactly. that? Just fix it. Everyone Make sit sure down this week. Surface. Sit down this week. Take your little $20 million bloody slush fund war chest, whatever you got, and fix an issue of player safety. Well, there's 34 blokes out there. I heard, uh, I think it was the Sunday NRL blokes on Triple M talking about that. um, No, they were talking about that, you know, bloody dogs and stuff get let on it. And I've been to a couple of Harold Matthews SG ball games the last few years. There's people walking around with their dogs before the game. Yeah. Like, it's a public oval. So I think if they're going to be fair to Incom, they need to shut it. It needs to be a professional surface. It just yeah. Well, the the tool biggest who, belief. The tool who's trying to steal my job, Mike Baird, who I'm pretty sure he's in with Manly, and <laughs> so is Abbott, and uh, they promised money to it. I don't know what happened to it. I thought they got like a twenty million dollar grant to fix the place up. But I don't know, mate. Nothing's happened as of yet. Maybe he's got the twenty million dollar check hanging out the front of his speeder, <laughs> making uh, Manly grab it out the bush, and they haven't done it yet. Not Jesus. Uh, well, my my worst was just the Cowboys. Dead set. Um, they are pretty poor. They, they look they look unfit. There's three years of this podcast now, and every time I always go, you know what, I have to do it. I roll the dice on the Cowboys, and they just let me down. Oh, I'm still off them. They, they always start slow. I said that last week. I'm going to keep saying it until they win. But they don't have a uh, well, they don't have a great run. I'm not going to I'm not going to touch on that just yet. I've got that all written down. Actually, yeah, I will straight away. Oh, here we go. Questions. What's, what's, what's your question? Uh, my question. I got a few. Uh, the Matai. No try on the field. Try after a video. No try. Crazy. No how, did they, how did they it cop didn't that even up? get near the floor? There was nothing that told you that got on the ground. Um, double movement rule. How do you fix it? <sighs> how do you fix it? Stop playing everything with bloody slow motion and get some common sense. Yeah. If a bloke's got you with the bootlaces and you can roll over, as far as I'm concerned, it's a try. He hasn't stopped you or controlled your upper body. No. Look, I, I, I'm with you. The Matt I won. Aiden Tolman clearly Aiden, had him up. There's no evidence of the ball hitting Austin, Glasby, like the double been... movement rule. I just, if there's momentum, you're allowed to do what you want. Mate, there's, oh, there's been a couple of the last few weeks, and I'm just blown what, away. Didn't we, didn't we, didn't we change the rules two or three years ago to, to, to take into account momentum? So you're allowed to advance the ball, or sorry, you weren't allowed to advance the ball physically, but if your body momentum took you over the line, 
It was it was hey, deep to try. Blake Austin got bootlaced, and his whole up everything was free to move. Still, it's ridiculous when half his body no. ends up in the end goal and they disallow it. More yeah, than half, it's, it's it's he got him around the ankles and he was still going. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding? Um, that was a, he, he, he almost looked at him like in disbelief, like when he scored, they were going, oh, I bet you they're going to take this away from him. Yeah. I'm like, I would have jumped that They did say that. His body language wasn't really I know, good. but I, I don't blame him. You um, can't trust the bastards. They have no idea what they're doing. Best solution for concussions on the field in the process with the doctors? Well, they're talking again about all this money we have, and they're saying they don't want to pay for independent doctors to be at the ground. I don't think you have a choice. I think the big knock-on effect of that, though, is they're going to say, if you're going to do it for the NRL, it has to happen for the 20s. Has to happen for New South Wales Cup sandwich is going to cost at the end of the day. Mm. I didn't mind the suggestion. Uh, they still have to kick an extra money, but I don't think it's a bad idea paying a nearby club doctor's doctor to come and be a neutral. Nearby. Well, say if it's Souths versus the Roosters, neither of their doctors can make the call on concussion. They were talking about bringing in a separate doctor from another club because they're all paid under the NRL, the clubs anyway. Get the NRL to check and look. So uh, get what a Bulldogs. Well, get the there. Bulldogs doctor or get the Tigers yeah. doctor, or something like that. I just think because we instead heard, of we heard about the Eels and Warriors doctor supposedly having a Barry Crocker. You've got to have a club doctor. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah. we've we've already had this issue straight on the weekend now, where the the Warriors doctor supposedly said Pete wasn't right to go back, okay. and the Eels doctor was saying, "Oh, you're kidding yourself." But from the way he went down, there's no way I would have been able to put him back on. I can't believe he got back on the field. Yeah, but. As far as I'm aware, like, and I, I sort of agree with what Brad Arthur said. Like, he's he's, he's the doctor. I don't have a problem. He's coaching. With that. I'm not blaming the coaches. Co- no, the co- the coach is not a doctor. The coaches are, you know, the ones that are going to place pressure on in the end. Well, they, they I, don't. I they just get the word from the box. He's too busy watching the game. Then you yeah. get the word, like he said. So I don't see. They're not the ones with the 99.99 UAI who have studied for all this time. But I still feel that the club doctors feel a bit of, you know bit of angst but t- towards their own club to go, I don't really want to send that message up there, regardless of whether the coach is a good bloke or not. All right, the Dalmore teams Lesniak try last night. Try. Try. Clearly ridiculous. Well, I said um, it to you straight away, and uh, Warren Smith put it up, and I was dirty about it. He put up the Lafayette try, saying how I quickly forget that brought it straight back in the game against Penrith last year. They gave a no try, and clearly his hand never come off the ball. Yeah. And I was like, well, Two wrongs don't make a right. No, I'm just saying, he put that up there, going, it's happened twice, like it's happened again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... The Hain. Hain playing his photo with the 49ers boys. He was it? hiding behind him. Jesus. He looked like he was photobombing. He needed um, he needs, needs a bit of a tan. Lay off the carbs. <laughs> lay off the carbs? Mate, someone... Jesus, if I've had a body like that, I'd be wrapped. Mate, you see the rigs on the rest of them, though. They put him to shame. Yeah, of course. Uh, the last one, the try awarded after the night's knock on. You reckon this was play on? Mate, I'm just chucking it out there exactly as I saw Don't it. Don't backpedal. No, it went backwards, right? It did not go Listen, backwards. No, the pass through was thrown. That was heading backwards. He's run through. It's flicked his finger 100%, but literally I think he's got a, a barely a splinter and it was still travelling backwards after no. he touched it. So I was no. fine with it. His hands are moving forward. The ball's propelled forward. It's a knock-on. He took a wood chip off Everyone. It, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. It was still travelling backwards after he touched it. It could be an ant's penis. It wouldn't matter. It's a knock-on. Yeah, it on. still travel backwards after no, he touched it. it. So I'm fine with it. It's a knock-on. Play-on. <laughs> You're the only person in Australia who reckons that was a play-on. Yeah. I will be. If it was Melbourne, it'd be knock on. I'll stick with that one, Jerk. Uh, my question, simple. Cowboys, right? They've got the Storm, the Panthers, Souths. Will they be 0 and 6? No. I'm backing it in. I reckon, no. they're, I reckon they're going to go 0 and 6. Here we go. And yeah. after that, they've Bad got Panda. they've got the Warriors across the Dutch. It's uh, yeah, it's a pre- it's a pretty awful run coming up. So things could get real ugly before they get better. I hope they're not because I'd like you picked them to win their comp, but. The next three games aren't boding too well if they're going to keep playing the way they are right now. Yeah, it's early in the season. They'll roll one of them. It's, oh, I bloody hope so. They need to do something. They're only going to get better. 
They'll be well, it needs to happen pretty fast. Okay. If they were 0-6 and they roll into Origin with a couple of wins, they're done. Let's not panic. They're gone. That wraps up the Fast Five, so now we'll be joined by Mr Gossip. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr Gossip. And we welcome back Mr. Gossip. Uh, I believe a participant or an attendant, should I say, last night at the Panthers game at Allianz. Yeah, I was there, mate. Still uh, a little bit gutted by the result, but uh, I guess a better team won on the night. But a few dubious calls. I saw you uh, running around with your shirt off, rubbing your nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I just good, saw. And uh, NYC boys had a win too, so you'd be happy with that. Two and one, yeah. We're, we're going all right. We've got Newcastle this week, which will be a test, so. But, uh, yeah, can't complain. It's only early, so you accumulate points early, obviously, will make it easier at the back end. Yeah, we've got to shoot from three now for you, boys. Yeah, and we probably probably could have won the Titans game. We went to sleep in the last 20, but that's that's the beast of the 19, 20-year-old, isn't it? Trying to get them to play for 80, but I guess every club's having that, having that struggle, yeah. so. Um, but as long as you're learning and yeah, getting better. Good stuff. Alrighty. Alright, what do you got for us, champion? I'm going to start off a little bit different this week, boys, with the gossip. We um, usually talk about player movement, but I've got some gossip outside of one of the clubs, the Dragons. Now, we know they're having a few troubles um, on and off the field, but um, a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, either follow us on Twitter or on Facebook and may have already seen the hashtag Save Our Saints. Um, you've probably seen it at the games as well. I've got a few bounces, but that's obviously just a, a, a group of Dragons fans who have banded together to try and, um, you know, cause some disruption to the club, mainly to get rid of Peter Douse. Look, it's not not uncommon, uncommon for uh, fans of clubs to sort of rally behind the team when things aren't going well, but this has definitely gained momentum, boys, with this hashtag Save Our Saints. I'm hearing that uh, the Dragons' uh, corporate sponsors are now behind the Save Our Saints hashtag as well. So as soon as you get sponsors behind it, and as soon as you get a few ex-players starting to rehash the tweet, then obviously there's um, obviously problems at the Dragons, and um, they're very, very lucky they had that ugly win against the Raiders. Otherwise, it probably would have, been, would have escalated a bit quicker than what it has. Well, if I'm Peter Dowst, I've probably got the, the, the boxes ready to go. Empty at me desk because if things get going the way they are, he's going to be gone. They want blood. Uh, I heard a call I ring up from uh, that started the hashtag. He was on Sunday Triple M N R L, and uh, they're dead serious. They're one hundred percent. They were blowing up, saying something along the lines of, "I think that generally members of clubs get to vote on the board and what happens, but in their circumstance, you have to actually be on the board of one of the two uh, leagues clubs to have any say or any kind of vote. So they've got businessmen and everything kind of set up. They, they want in. They want Doust and these other blokes here. And then I heard Doust uh, might have been on the Big Sports Breakfast this morning saying that uh, the, the boards have just been to the AGM or prior to the AGM there were nominations up and no one's nominated. So That's what I was saying. They can't, they're not allowed to. Okay. That's what yeah. they were going about yeah, today. Paul well, Kent. It seems to me to be... Like, like, it's a bit of a shambles, isn't it? Like... Where's the uh, where's the access of your of your general fan to be able to have a say? I guess and there's two boards, so there should be twice as much opportunity than you know a normal club to get on a board. You know, I'm obviously in the coaching business. I'm not in the in the board business and the democracy of a rugby league club. But um, 
It seems that a lot of this has stemmed from mismanagement, especially roster mismanagement on the back of Bennett leaving. It seems like they put all their eggs in the one, in the in the one basket to get that premiership, but they never really had a plan on how to nah, take no the club forward after that. And they've so. just lost their two best juniors. That, that Gordon Thomas hit the nail on the head today. It's probably in the last ten years he, he thought Jackson Hastings and Jack Burr were the two best juniors they produced. One's now at Cronulla, and the other one's at the Roosters. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it's, it's of concern. In, in all facets, it's, it's an absolute shamble. The only thing the Save Our Saints seem to be happy about is Peter Mulholland, and I don't blame him. He's been pretty successful uh, recruitment-wise at a couple of clubs he's been to. Penrith, so. Dogs, Newcastle, yeah. yeah that's, that's the only thing they seem happy about. So uh, they, I, I think Well, I also think that it's been restructured now that Douse doesn't have a say on recruitment. It's McGregor and Mulholland. So there has been some changes there, but I guess until... The fans aren't going to be happy until there's results on the field. That's the, the bottom line in all of this, and... For me, you know, as an outsider looking in, I don't think they're going to have a really successful year this year. It looks to me like they are rebuilding. Um, so it's just whether these fans can be patient or, you know, whether the club is going to fold to pressure. It's I don't see any positive in moving moving the coach aside at, at this point in time. Obviously, he's got a plan. He hasn't been able to execute it. Uh, you know, whether, whether Douse deserves to go or not to go, that's probably not for me to comment. I don't have all the information, but... It does seem like he's under a bit of pressure from particularly the fans, doesn't it? And, but, he's, but he seems to be the great survivor, Peter Doust. He, he's gone through numerous occasions where they've wanted to punt him. I, I've, I can remember this conversation happening at least twice in the past decade, and he survived both of them. So it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, God knows what. I guess now that as soon as you get sort of corporate sponsors behind you and ex-players, and it's um, Definitely. It, a knock on the door. Yeah. But, but what is what is the um, what's the process to remove him? Does he have to be voted out, or who who can sack him? That'd be my question. Mm. Should just resolve. It'll be the board, obviously. Is it a board decision? Yeah. If, if you've got sponsors that are trying uh, to back out, then the board will have to step in and punish what you wouldn't think. Okay. Oh. So if um, but it seemed to me from the conversations that, that the bloke from Save Our Sons was sort of saying that he's got a lot of his not friends but people that have been on the board for a long time. So it seems like there's sort of a, a, an insular, I guess, group there that are running the board. So, you know, I'd, I'd find it difficult unless some of these Save Our Sons... Um, save Our Saints. People could get on... Save Our Saints. Save Our Sons. Save Our Saints could get on the board and um, create some pressure. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen this year if the AGMs well, they, soon... They don't have access to it. That was the old... No. They don't have but, any... But maybe, possibly, like you said, if if, uh, if they've got sponsors on board, then... Well, they'll have to make him resign or pay him out or do something mm-hmm. if they won't go on. It'll be interesting. It's going to be a situation that you, know, you can't really see it getting better because the Dragons are probably at best a 50-50 team, aren't they? Oh. Yeah. They're not going to make the eight, that's for sure. Mm. There's not only problems with yep. the Dragons, there's problems with whoever did the Daly M points because they gave Benji Marshall three for the weekend. <laughs> I did see that. Right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but also, Fox Sports gave Cooper Cronk man of the match. No, they just talked Green to him. was clearly... I'm sure he got man of the no, match. No, they just talked to him. He didn't get anything. They, they don't get, I don't get it on Saturday. They Fox, don't do, do, Fox do. No, they didn't do it on Saturday. All right. I'm going. I'm going to rewind it. Yeah, good. Watch it. It's yeah, just an interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Play on. Club's that are very, very keen on Dane. Now, 
probably uh, probably December last year, the Broncos were red hot favourites, probably two to one, three to one to get his signature. But um, I'm hearing the Knights uh, have made a big play for him to stay. Uh, also the Titans and also the Dragon. But obviously um, Dane's brother Jacob uh, now returned to the Broncos, so that may have some swing for the for the Broncos. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with four clubs chasing him now. I was in a, uh, a coaching seminar with Wayne Bennett two years ago and he said Dane Gagai will return to the Broncos. He was just talking about how strong the Broncos culture is and you know the disappointment in when he was at Brisbane having to let Gagai go. Um, that's all I'll say. Well, he was the best fullback. He wants to go back. He was the best fullback in the NYC the year I played in So I imagine if the Broncos want him, they'll get him. I have a feeling, I'm just going to throw it out there, he's going to go to the Titans. Well, I hope he does. That's just me. If it's his cousin and all the rest of it, and they were talking that Bennett was pretty much saying they don't have a lot of money for him, stuff that. He's already bombed himself once as far as contracts are concerned. If his cousin's there, Cherry Evans is there, and there's money to be made, oh, I'd be going to the Titans. That's just me. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, boys, on to Izzy Falau. Now, the Bulldogs opened talks two weeks ago. Oh, Jesus Christ. The deal is $5 million for four years. Um, there are also some whispers that the Eels and the Titans are interested as well, but the Dogs are the favourite at the moment with the $5 offer for four years. How, how, how we're can, the only ones that how have can money they, How can they have how can the Israel? Have I'm sick. This third-party stuff is an absolute joke. Yeah, <laughs> like them, I, I get it. I reckon they should, they should be able to uncap it. Fair enough. They should be able to make as much money as they want as outside the cap, but they should regulate it or at least look at it and go, look, You've kept Graham, you kept Josh Morris, you bought uh, bloody Brett Morris, you've kept your old bloody side. Like, you, surely there's got to be some kind of limit to third parties and funneling all these players in. They can't let them get Falau as well. Mm. The only Cross fair way to do it would be to bloody send Falau to Canberra. Like, if you're going to, if, you, if the NRL is going to pay him, the Titans say, can, okay, we're going to give you an The Titans, I could understand if they, they should said, push, we'll, him, push we'll, him into places where. They need it. They need star power. If the Titans said we, we have a million dollars, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. I don't think it'd be. Well, the, I think the Titans are probably the only one out of those clubs that yeah, I was going to say actually have that. Parramatta's another one. They're talking about re-signing Hopper, re-signing Sandow, having Norman and Foran. There's no way they can come out and say they've got a million dollars as well. No, I wouldn't think so. Not with the Ford pack that they've signed up and all the kids they've kept. Um, but yeah, I'd, it's it's a strange one. If he goes to Canterbury, where are they going to put him? Exactly. That's what I'm getting at again. They've just took Rona off somebody, uh, off the Cowboys, and then they got Morris. They just squeezed the ball in. How yeah. many more can you have? I don't know. <laughs> he might go to the Roosters. <laughs> you like Brown cover bag trick? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of the Roosters, boys, last time we got for tonight, and that was Dylan Mappers just uh, signed a two-year extension with the club. Good player. He is a good player. He uh, made sure Segiara's <laughs> ribs were in check last night when he tried to cut back on the inside. But uh, just in general, I like him. He's a firecracker. There's nothing better than a player with a bit of the old school about him who liked to get involved in uh, the rough and tumble. Was it a big deal? No, not a big deal. But, um, yeah, we're talking about the hit, sorry, from, from last night. Bloody hell, what a, what a cruncher. Oh, yeah. it was a cracker. But, uh, yeah, I heard similar similar kind of deal for him and... Kane Evans, it's uh, not the biggest money. Bigger money was coming from the Titans and other other kind of clubs, but uh, they're obviously all happy to be there for the time being. They're young, got the future ahead of them. He probably end up being a rep player. Those Queensland talks of him uh, last year, so maybe for a year or two, try and grab another premiership and then uh, maybe make hay afterwards. So not not a bad move. They do look a redhead. Yeah, they do look a redhead. Yeah, they do. 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 Yeah, they do.
Yeah, they do love a redder, don't they? <laughs> yeah, Brett Dale. <laughs> That's uh, close of business, is it, champion? That's it, Sunbeam. All right, well, I'll bust open uh, the odds for the upcoming round, thanks to William Hill. Dot com for everyone out there who is still confused. William Hill was formerly known as SportingBet.com. So if you had a Sporting Bet account, it still does exist. It's just now uh, under the name of William Hill. So doing our tips, uh, we kick things off Friday night at Pertec. Oh no, sorry, yeah, Pertec Stadium. It's the Eels taking on South Sydney. Uh, obviously, injuries really playing a toll there. There's question marks over Pete's. De Goyce, uh, et cetera, et cetera. South, Dylan Walker's obviously going to be out most of that broken hand, but uh, um, Daryl Millard comes in there. I'm not really worried about that. I'm, I'm going South. Yeah, the South, South should have the measure. Of, geez, they, they played ordinary last week, the Eels, and yeah, it, it, I, hate to, I hate to see what the scoreline could be. 100% agree there. They are heavy favourites, South Sydney. They are a dollar... 38. The Parramatta Eels at home, outsiders at $3.10. The line is minus 7.5. And, and uh, even with the injury to Walker and uh, a bit of a scratchy performance last week, I think 13 plus could be the only way I'd be looking this one. And South Sydney, $2.45. If you were 1 to 12, confident the Eels could hold in, you get an offer there of $4.55. But the second Friday night game, we have the Wests Tigers taking on the Bulldogs at ANZ Stadium. Uh, again, I, I thought the Tigers were gallant last week, but I tell you what, their halves let them down big time. Uh, I thought their forward pack held their own, but they just got nothing out of Brooks and Moses. The Dogs still kind of scratching along nicely, but with that big forward pack, I, I have to back the Dogs. Yeah, um, and look, Woodley's probably only about 50% going into this game, and, and Pat Richards, I don't believe it was a name, so... Yeah, he got suspended. As well, so. Yeah, Paddy Richards uh, suspended for a week, I'm pretty sure. Deloise Hoyter... Uh, good form under-20s player comes in. But, yeah, Aaron Woods pretty much said he's 50-50 with that knee problem. So uh, the Tigers, same odds there. They're heavy outsiders, $3.10. The Bulldogs' favourite uh, at $1.38. 13 plus again, $2.45 if you like the Bulldogs. 1-12 to 12 on the West Tigers is $4.55. And the exact same line, minus 7.5. But Saturday, uh, one closer to your heart, obviously the Penny Panthers. Uh, the loss this week and another tough game coming up. They played Newcastle at Hunter Stadium. How do you see this one going? Yeah, look, Knights obviously undefeated at the moment. Um, we'll have plenty of confidence there at home. Um, look, I think the Panthers played well. Yes, they're backing up from a from a Monday night, but um, obviously be hurting after that loss. And hopefully Isaac John will be uh, better for the run. I, I didn't think he played all that well. I, I think I did say in the podcast last week that I was a bit concerned about his kicking game and. We really did like any sort of kicking game or structure on Monday night. So I'm going to tip the Panthers um, in an nail biter. Yeah, well, I'm going to stick with the Panthers. Uh, again, I think the big thing for me, he had that Achilles injury. Before that, he could do no wrong. I thought he was going really well. But a uh, long layoff, only a couple of games in the New South Wales Cup. He'll definitely be better for the run and playing at that speed and pace. But I just think in general they'll address a lot of the issues they had uh, last night. But Hunter Stadium is a tough place to play. But I'm going the Panthers. This one is a dollar ninety-one a piece. It's a pick'em, and I think that's probably appropriate for the game. So, no line offered. Both teams one to twelve is three dollars fifty. Thirteen plus for both is three dollars eighty. Uh, yeah, I think this one will be a cracker. Good value, I think. One uh, for twelve and a half start on either of these sides. I think it'll be a really close game. But Saturday again, we move on. It's the Cronulla Sharks 
Uh, desperate times, they definitely need to, to throw up a win this week. I think they're playing the Gold Coast Titans, who have been awfully brave. Uh, obviously, last week got blown out, but a couple of tries disallowed. But the other two games, very brave. I, I have to go to the Sharks. I have not been impressed at all. But Jack Bird moves in. I'm pretty sure Luke Lewis will play at 5'8". They're just going to go very forward heavy. They're at the prison. Uh, they have to win a game. They're, they're, they've got no excuse for that forward pack and some of the names they've got. And I don't think they could do any worse with Benny Barber not playing. I think, if anything, that's going to do them a favour. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Benny Barber out is going to actually help them. Who knows? He's been playing like a busted lately. So, um, look, Granola got to win this game. They've, had a few, they've got a few home games at the beginning of this year. So, if they're serious about doing anything this year, they're going to start winning at home. And I guess it starts this, this Saturday. So, I'm going to tip the Sharks. And because they have to win. Yeah, well, as usual, their favourites at home. They're $1.52 on WilliamHill.com. The Gold Coast, $2.50 outsiders. The line is minus 5.5. Uh, if I was going to have a slash on this one, I'd probably think 1-12 to 12 either way. Not a lot of points. So if uh, you like the Sharkies, 1-12, to 12, $3.10. If you like the Titans, $4.10 on offer there. And Saturday closes out with uh, Save Our Saints, St. George, Illawarra Dragons. They're playing the Manly Seagulls. And uh, this one... I have to say, Manly have impressed me the last two weeks. I actually thought they were probably the better side on Friday night. They made a lot more errors. They did not get the win, but I still think they've been very tough considering the circumstances to start the year off. So uh, there's no way I can back the Dragons. I'm going to stick with Manly. Yeah, I'll stick with Manly as well. It's a shame now. I'd like to see Steve Manly have another crack from in front. That was a beauty, wasn't it? <laughs> the goal kicking last right. week was horrendous by everybody. Oh. But yeah, you're right. Manly have been playing well. I definitely thought they were the better side of the pros. Obviously, the goal kicking really to let them down in the end. But um, yeah, Manly should get this one. Yeah, very, very brave. And uh, their favourites, even though they're away from home, they're a dollar sixty-five. Kieran Foran and Jamie Lyon. Uh, Lyon returning to the lineups. Obviously, got a big part to play there. If you like the Dragons at home, two dollars twenty-five on offer. The line is minus three and a half. I think. And. Uh, just an inkling, I'm kind of more manly 1-12 to 12 this week. I think $3.15, I might have a bar of that one. But Sunday kicks off at Mount Smart Stadium. The Warriors, the very young and impressive Warriors, uh, long injury list, but these kids are stepping up. They're playing the Broncos, who had a big win last start. Uh, I have to stick with the Warriors way over there at home. I, I really... I, I thought Sam Tompkins looked really sharp the first few weeks, even though he's had injuries. He looks like he was in for a big year, but with him out, I don't think they lose much with Tui Lola here. I thought he was awesome. Week one at fullback, and all the kids that have filled in, Solomoni Carter, uh, Sam Lasone, Albert Vette, they've all impressed me, as well as the ever-reliable back row duo of Simon Mannering and uh, Ryan Hoffman, who's three from three in the try-scoring stakes. So I'm going the Warriors. Yeah, harder to pick than a broken nose, this one. Yeah. Um, probably the hardest game of the round to pick. Look, I'm going to go to the Broncos, um, purely on the back of their win last week and the confidence that the club should have at the moment. You never know what you're going to get with the Warriors, and uh, Tomkins is out. Um, pretty much the only reason why I'm going to the Broncos just on the, on the back of the win and the confidence that yeah. they should have. Yeah, well, I was impressed, but again, I haven't been impressed by the Cowboys at all, so I, I don't know. I, I really like these these Kiwi kids, and at home, I'm going to give them the rub of the green, and they are the favourites still. They're $1.70 at home. The Brisbane Broncos, a bit of value there. If you like that gossip from WilliamHill.com, $2.20. Nice. The line is minus two and a half. Uh, this is another one of these games, one to twelve over the way. You get three dollars twenty-five for the Warriors. Uh, you get three dollars eighty-five for the Broncos. The other Sunday game, the Sydney Roosters. They're at home again at Allianz versus 
the Canberra Raiders, and uh, this one's already blowing out. Early in the day, it was about a dollar thirty. They're into a dollar sixteen now. The Roosters, the Canberra Raiders, five dollars twenty-five outsiders, minus fourteen and a half. And uh, yeah, there's been a couple of changes this week that he's made. Only slight changes to the team. Old Sticky Stewart, but uh, uh, this one's the Roosters. This is a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I mentioned the Roosters should win this quite comfortably, but um, obviously the Raiders will be hurting after that loss. They've probably played the worst 20 minutes of football I've ever seen anyone play, really. So, yeah. Um, I think it might be a bit closer than everyone thinks, but um, yeah, you've got to pick the Roosters. Mm. Well, 13 plus is probably the one I'd be looking at. Dollar uh, sixty-eight. I'd probably be more leaning towards the total game score over 44 and a half at a dollar ninety. I think I'd be going overs if it's a, a you know a bit of a, a daytime game between these two or the afternoon. They, they both like to score points and play a fast up-tempo game of football. But Monday night closes the round out. It is the struggling Cowboys up at 1300 Smiles Stadium versus the Melbourne Storm, who uh, looked pretty good on the weekend. What do you reckon, mate? Do you think uh, the Storm can keep rolling, or do you think the Cowboys will finally show something? I'd pick the Cowboys for the first three rounds of the competition, and they've lost. Do I stick with them, or I'm not too sure. This is, this is another hard one to pick. You know, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I'm going to stick with them for the fourth week in a row. Um, so if you're a punter out there, probably I'll be back in the Storm, thinking that I'm on the Cowboys, so... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, well, I'm in your I boat. Be, I might be their jinx this year. I tipped against them round one for the Roosters game purely because I thought they, uh, they'd they be the better side at the start of the year, especially their pack. But the last two weeks, I've been bitterly disappointed uh, by the Cowboys. Melbourne here, I'm very happy. WilliamHill.com, $2 outsiders. Uh, it's not very often I get to have a decent crack on Melbourne. I'll be taking a bit of that $2. The Cowboys, they're $1.80 favourites at home. Minus one and a half is the line. Uh, and yeah, probably the other one would be a one to twelve market. Uh, I think Melbourne. Hope, usually the Cowboys seem to give us a decent run for our money up there. There was a Monday night a couple of years ago. We got off to a red hot start, and then they towed us up there about four or five rounds in. In a similar circumstance, when everyone said they were done for. But uh, early before you come on, we had the conversation. I'm going to chuck it out there to you. They're zero and three, and their upcoming three matches are the Storm, the Panthers, and South. Is it possible that the Cowboys will go zero and six? They're done. Is the pressure on the coach? Oh, 100%. I think not only the coach, but I think you can always put a pen through. That, that's a massive turnaround with Origin around the corner as well. They'll have to put together a monumental run because basically you know you need 12 wins, at least 12, uh, 12 wins, 12 losses to be in the hunt, 13 to pretty much guarantee yourself a spot. Well, so. it, means, it means then you've got to win two out of every three games. Basically, yeah. Nah, that's a hell of a task. But I don't know. I had a look at it today. If they keep playing the way they are, it really wouldn't surprise me if they did go 0-6 because that's a really hard run. Huh. What do you think's going on there, Brock? What do you reckon is going on with the club? Nothing. I just think they've started slow. I, they don't look fit. Uh, they look a little bit clunky. I, I don't know. I, 
they've played some good opposition, like the Roosters um, were good. They played Brisbane, uh, Brisbane away, obviously, which is a, a tough task. And the Newcastle game, they should have won. Like, let's not make no, no bones about that. And Newcastle sit 3-0. So I don't think they're far away. Um, but I just think the longer this goes on, the more pressure's going to mount. And pressure does play a part in your performance. Like, a, let's, not, uh, let's not make any bones about that. It's, it's definitely going to have an impact the longer this losing streak goes on. It's just not ideal at the start of the year. So, uh, I, I, Yeah, I, look, they've got quality there. Just, to me, it looks like... Uh, Thurston probably hasn't had the greatest start of the year either, but then again, his forward pack's not going for it. I think it just comes back to probably their forward pack uh, not being is in the condition that they probably want them to be in. Uh, Thurston not having that momentum to play off. I think Michael Morgan, like they've already changed that around. They've already put Coot in and that, Morgan to that, six. That's my biggest issue right there. And the there. other issue, I think, is nine. I, I think they're still struggling to really find a nine. That, um, But again, their forward pack's not going forward. So it's it's a difficult one. I, I don't think they're far away, but I, I, I tend to agree with you, Gossip. I, I think... I don't know whether they'll win on Monday night, but I definitely don't think they'll be going six. Uh, Louis needs to come straight back in. I have no idea how they took Morgan out of fullback. They've panicked after two games. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But it's all uh, makes makes for good good conversation, doesn't it? I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd hate to be Paul Green at the moment because uh, Gus Gould always says this: you don't, you don't know whether you want to be a coach until you, you lose four in a row. So hopefully for Greeny, he doesn't hit that hit that. Uh, you know, experience this weekend. But tough task. The Storm are playing sensational. Yeah, must win already. Any round four is a must win game. Mm. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Can't wait for that game. And uh, tip update from last week, Gossip. Uh, you got five, I got six, so you're still ahead on 11. Round two was a, a write off because uh, you were crook and I didn't bother to end up messaging you. So we're starting things <laughs> off again. You're on the total of 11, I got six, so I'm on 10. You've got the one point lead. And poor old boxer over here. The old NRL integrity unit will bust his head open with a lead pipe. He's, well, he's ex- you're excluded from everything, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm coping all right, but I'm saving a lot of money. No footy, um, hunting, no betting, I'm actually, no, I'm actually, no I'm, tipping, no fantasy. I'm spending, uh, it's, it's giving me a bit of a hobby because I'm spending more time focusing on the horses. He's actually... I'm uh, having a little bit of success on the horses. <laughs> what he's actually using that is a code word. He's taken up building little model ships through a monocle <laughs> in, in little bottles in his room there because uh, he's got nothing to do. So uh, Those odds, by the way, were brought to you by WilliamHill.com, as we said, formerly known as SportingBet.com. So if you had an account already with SportingBet, it still exists. It's just gone under the big banner of William Hill, who owned Cenebet, Tom Waterhouse, and formerly sportingbet.com but Mr Gossip thanks for coming on champion good luck for the Penny Panthers this weekend we'll talk to you next week mate thanks gentlemen appreciate it see you champion a big thanks as always goes to Mr Gossip for joining us there and uh, as I said before all those odds brought to you by William Hill .com, formerly known as SportingBet, now WilliamHill.com. So if you had an account with SportingBet, it still exists, exact same circumstances, just now under the William Hill banner. And on to our other sponsor. In relation to those odds, he might be able to help you out. If you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the NRL Profits. Over 70 units of profit in season 2014. The service includes quality betting recommendations for rugby league, including the NRL and the Super League. So you get the best of both worlds there. The NRL Profits has a special offer to all listeners of the fifth and last NRL podcast, a discount of 10% 
off the All Access Profits packages. So visit nrlprofits.com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the profits. So big thanks to them for coming on board as well this season. And uh, I suppose now that's all done, we'll jump into our reviews of the games from the weekend. Boxhead, Friday, Manly and the Dogs. Uh, the Dogs got home there at Brookvale, 16-12. What did you think? Uh, the surface was terrible. Uh, terrible. 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 Uh, it was a low, pretty low game, dour. Uh, the dogs rolled through the middle. I th- thought they took their opportunities better than what Manly did. And I think Manly lacked a little bit of polish. It's, it was easier for Canterbury to defend, uh, obviously, with four and out. Uh, it meant that most of the attack came off Cherry Evans. Uh, and, well, the, probably the talking point for me was obviously the question that we addressed in the fast five. But no matter I try, going up as a try, uh, as a no try, and... Uh, been given a water to try by the VRF was crazy. It was a great effort by Aidan Tolman, who um, was probably one of the best players out on the field. Just battled as he always does every yeah. week. Uh, it was just one of those games, I suppose, though, where he stood out more than most. Uh, to be honest, I thought Manly looked more likely. They just couldn't get couldn't get the try. But all the tries they did get, I must give credit again to Cherry Evans. He set up all three again this week. He's definitely shown that he's not willing to uh, lay down and die on that jersey, even though he's moving on. So uh, he impressed me. Yeah, but no one wants to lose. Like, no, nah, nobody wants to lose. All this crap about players... Like, I, I understand it's not ideal that they're leaving, but to, to say or insinuate that in any way they're not going to be trying their best, no player's just going to give up a year of their career to, to lose and not care. No, nah, no way. It's ridiculous. I think the You're talking year, about elite athletes who train their asses off. Yeah, it's what they do for their career. It's exactly. their job. That's what you wake up in the morning and bust your ass for. Uh, so, yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, Mateo looked good at six, but I think Foran's back this week, so he'll be moving back to his normal position. On the dog side of things, it Foran's was that... back already. Supposedly. He's mm. going through his paces. He's been named. So yeah. whether he whether he ends up on the field or not, it's a different story, but he has been named. It was just one of those games. It was ugly. It was a grind, so it suited your Tolman, your Graham. I thought Leisha was good. Uh, again, they ran out the victory. Moses and Boy impressed me again as well. He had a hand in a couple of those tries and... I honestly do think they play better football with him there than Reynolds. That's just my opinion. So, uh, yeah, this weekend, Manly. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. <laughs> Hope your elbow's good or your arm, whatever it is. Uh, Manly, they're playing the Dragons this week. Um, you know, it could be a tough game. It's another away battle for them. They're supposed to get Jamie Lyon and Foran back, so that obviously helps. But they've shown plenty of spirit, as the Dragons did last week. So hopefully that turns out to be a good game. The Dogs, they've got the Tigers possibly with that Aaron Woods, who's been absolutely epic the first three games. So I'd definitely be leaning towards the dogs in that one. But the other Friday night game, this one, uh, I unfortunately only got to see the ending of it because I was at a, a planning party for a wedding and finding out about partners and this and that and dances. and <sighs> Yeah, that's that's about sums it up. But I did get to catch glimpses once I got home. But the Broncos, 44-22 to 22 over the Cowboys. 0-3 to start the season and... Uh, for the 40, 50 minutes I quickly caught up on when I got home, I thought they were just awful, uh, very lacklustre. There was nothing doing with their forwards. They're just very flat, no punch. Um, there's a couple of their tries as well that they did get, I thought, flattered them. Kyle Felt got one just off a pick, and I thought the other ones, again, were, were fairly lazy and late in the game. But uh, the Broncos, I don't really know what to make of this. I thought they were good, but I still don't know what to gauge because the Cowboys have been, you know, pretty awful the first three weeks. So yeah. I don't well, that's, that's in my notes as well. I, Hard to measure the Broncos' form because they beat the Sharks, who can't score a point, and the Cowboys, who are just they yeah. they're not at their best. So, and and a lot of the surprised me. A lot of the Broncos have come out and said, like, look, that win means nothing really because the Cowboys were that bad. 
yeah. like the Broncos players been laying the burden, not laying the burden, but no, just well, sort of downplaying the win because at least they can be honest they, with they, they, were, too. they were on it. Yeah, as you said, you know they. The Cowboys are very poor. It looks to me, the Cowboys just look unfit. They look fatigued. They don't look like they've got a lot of energy. They don't look like they're excited. Um, the sad thing is, they're the ones who said we finally had a preseason. They'll start off with yeah. a bang. They've started even worse than they And they just, their confidence looks sapped. Um, I, I thought the Broncos, they won the middle of the field. They ran right. They offloaded. Uh, just made it very difficult. And they, they've racked up the points. Yeah, 100%. And not. it was... It, I think Thurston said in the press conference afterwards that you know they, they hung their hat on their defence last year and it's their defence at the moment that's letting them down. So yeah, they're going to fix it. Well, all I can say is that gave the Broncos kind of what they needed, though. A bit of a confidence boost, though. It did, yeah. Their forwards looked a lot better. I thought even you know Hunt had a good game. Milford coming to things a little bit better. Carhu, again, very impressive. Uh, I think everyone there kind of, if anything, the Cowboys helped help the Broncos play into a bit of form. Mm. Have a bit of a bit of a run over them, but well, they're going to um, go to New Zealand this week. So yeah, that's we'll, get a, we'll get a look at their form then. Going to get a tough game, but uh, I think for the Cowboys, I just have to throw it out there. I've got to give a rap. Lock and Coot hadn't played a game for almost two years. I thought he was probably their best player, and the other one's Ethan Lowe. He made three line breaks. He's been playing like a madman the first few yeah. weeks. You tried hard, Lockie Coot. Yeah, and no, did you see Ethan Lowe? Yeah, Ethan Lowe and him. Yeah, I watched the game. It was a tough game to watch just because I expected it to be a real tight game, but yeah. it was sort of over after 20 minutes. Well, I've already touched on my opinion and then the next three games, this could be very dire for the Cowboys unless they step things up and it doesn't get any easier. they got Melbourne uh, this Monday. It is at home, but uh, if Melbourne play the way they did and, and the Cowboys play the way they did, I think they could be looking at a very similar score one. And uh, the Broncos, as you said, travel over to New Zealand. Never an easy trip, but these always seem to be great games, these two when they play each other, especially over there in Kiwiland. So mm. looking forward to that one. But Saturday, speaking of the Warriors, 29-16 to 16 over the Eels. And I think a lot of people are overlooking how many injuries they've got to start this year. They've had the blood. The Warriors don't have outside backs, really. They've thrown four or five kids straight into the mix here, and they're yeah. doing a hell of a job. Like They've got seven players missing. They've got, they've got man-trials over there, but they're, oh, no, just, but they're still, ready-made first graders. They just what, roll in and kill it. It's still hard to oh, of course to it's take. I'm not downplaying it, but they've just got... They're, they're, they're loaded over there. I know, but this is the first-grade experience, you know? And yeah. I've, I've been super... like Especially forwards. Vete and Lasone haven't come in and had one or two carries in the game where you've gone, you know what, they're That's what good. They're, they're, in, they're coming on. They've been fine. In the front row, and they're playing like they've played 50 games apiece. And especially the, the Sono really impresses me. But uh, the first half was just a blitz. They absolutely rolled through a Madalino Hoffman. They killed him. Chad Townsend, again, I don't know how they ever knifed him and dropped him and brought him in and out. He was absolutely outstanding. Lulawai was good out of nine. Uh, and he was young, my man of the match. Yeah, Townsend, Townsend was the man. But the highlight, we said it earlier, Cartoon Vatuvai, my highlight, just those two. Mini Hurrell, he pretty much is again. And the Beast, they were just rattling people left, right and centre. The second half, it was pretty much the done and dusted. They had a bit of a late run, the Eels on that left-hand side. Have to give full credit to Corey Norman and Manu Mau. I thought they were both very good again, but mm. uh, the injuries keep coming. De Goyce got... Well, they had injuries pre-game. Yeah. They had them during the game. De Goyce can cast um, But their right edge D, like... Awful. The Warriors just ran... All their traffic down their right edge. Well, uh, obviously, the concussions to Pete's and DeGoyce uh, were the talking point. There was a bit of uh, controversy between the doctors, yeah, differences in opinions. Uh, Hopawade didn't come off at all. He copped a bad, bad, bad knee. Yeah. Uh, I just thought the Warriors, they were direct. They played in numbers and they just ran hard, tackled hard. They, they, they just beat them with a simple game. Did what the Warriors should do. Just play hard, fast, That should be their game every, every week. Work off love, offloads and hold on to the pill. Basically. And they'll pretty much roll you, run you into the ground. But, uh, yeah, Mau and Norman I have to give a rap to. But, uh, yeah, that, that late run, those couple of tries, I think that was just a bit of a switch off from the Warriors, to be honest. I don't read too much into that. But 
No, like I said, uh, Tompkins out this week. Lola here goes to fullback. I'm not really worried. Well, I am because they struggled without Tompkins in round one. So I thought that was more a case of uh, the, the old halves and the Sean Johnson situation in round one. The last two rounds, I don't think he's been all that great, but Townsend's yeah, taken control. I think he's an important uh, aspect of their side. So I, I don't think they'll be as strong without him, but you know, Lola here has obviously uh, proved himself to be a, a worthy replacement. So... I definitely don't think it's going to affect their chances of winning or losing the game. Mm. They've got a lot of players due back uh, in between the round five and seven bracket. They've got Mark down, Hurrell, Lamarpe, and uh, a few other outside backs. So hopefully sooner rather than later. But the Broncos, as you said, at home for the Warriors, the Eels, they've got a very tough task. They've got to play Souths at home. But, uh, yeah, with that forward pack and those injuries, if they're still bashed up this week, uh, it's not going to be an easy time for them. I think they may get touched up a little bit, but... Saturday, the second game, it was the Canberra Raiders and the Dragons, 22-20. to 20, And this is the old cliche of a game of two halves. Mm. The Canberra Raiders come out first half, absolute blitzrig, look absolutely fantastic. Vaughan, they fell asleep for like the last 10 minutes of the half. And then Ricky Stewart apparently just gave it to them at half time. Yeah, because they fell asleep. Um, it didn't. Obviously, the spray didn't work. Nah. They came out and... Well, it looked like they had the game in the bag, particularly when Josh Dugan got 10 in the bin. I that thought, was, oh, it was Canberra the second home. half, you thought so, yeah. Canberra home. Um, they, they didn't manage to score a point in that time, I don't think. They went away again. That's two weeks where I thought they've looked in control and then they've just lost control of the game. Mm. They uh, they stopped completing their sets. They stopped uh, putting the finishing touches on. Um, you know, the, the first half, yeah, I thought Vaughney, Austin and Hodgson particularly to start that game led that blitzrig and they were on fire. And then when Merrin come on and rain uh, second half, I thought they changed the momentum completely. And yeah, they're, they're one of these sides that the Raiders could easily be 0-3, but they could also be easily it be 3-0. You know, and I'm a bit fifty-fifty on Cornish. I think he, he showed, especially it's going to take time, especially with his short kicking game. I've been impressed. He's forced a lot of dropouts, probably more than anyone I've seen the first couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, and he laid on a nice pass for CSLL. But I've also watched Sam Williams. So I didn't, like, as we said, I thought he got knifed in his time there, even though he played pretty well. I've watched him well, play. That was under Ferner, so I've watched him play the last two weeks as well, and I've been super impressed. So I don't know if they're going to give Cornish eight, ten weeks or what they're going to do. I kind of hope they do just for the situation with they the Harvest. just move but... Austin to lock and play, nah, play them Austin, in the or Someone's got to control things. He's too good for them. He needs to stay where he, he is. still play the same role, just play him at lock. Yeah, well, what happens to Fensum? He's we not just a... move Fensum into the middle. not a back prop. Play him at prop. Nah, I think... Who's that... playing prop for him at the moment? Starting. At the moment? Papali and Shillington, is it? They, no, Shillington. Shillington's not playing at all. Um... Last week, they put Vaughney and Boydie straight in to start, which is how I think they should be playing. They started on fire. I think they struggle to score points as is. And I, they brought Tils. Tils is the one if you're going to get rid of someone. I wouldn't have Tils on my side. Yeah, I, it's an option for them. Have an, have an extra ball player there. But particularly when you've got guys like Vaughan and Fenson who work their backsides off. To be honest, know. same deal again, though. I don't think they're getting enough out of Papali. Watching Vaughney run off Austin in that first half, I'd be tempted to bench Papali until he wakes up. He just doesn't look like he wants to be there. Well, you can't you can't pick your side on re- based on reputation. You've got to pick it on form. I'm just saying, when you watch someone go yeah, into a carry right. and fight and tussle, he's, at the moment he's not doing any of those little things that you saw when he first came into grade. Yeah. And he looks a bit heavy again this year, so I'm not too sure what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, the Dragons got home in that one. Raiders would be absolutely devastated. They've made a couple of changes this week. Nothing uh, too major, but, yeah, I, I don't know what to really take out of that one either. I think the, the Raiders have still been... 
pretty good the first few weeks. They've showed some signs, but they've got some improvement. The Dragons, I'm still not really impressed, to be honest. I thought that was purely off the back of Rain and Merrin, and Thompson was good again. Yeah, they're probably they're two sides that you wouldn't think are going to make the eight. Nah, definitely not. And uh, the Dragons, they've got Manly this week. I think Manly, if they show that kind of spirit they have the last few weeks, they should win that one. And uh, the Raiders, it's definitely not going to be an easy task for them. They've got to come to Sydney and play the Roosters. Yeah. So they're going to play a massive pack and a very gun-out uh, back line. I think there may be some points scored in that game. Uh, Saturday finished off with the Melbourne Storm 36-18 over the Cronulla Sharks. And what else can you say? It was that typical word. It was clinical. 90% completions. Uh, they just bullied Ben Barber. They played both sides of the field. And what you don't see enough of anymore, and I, I tend to hate it even though I never was a half, is they play one side of the field each and they separate. Blake Green and Cronk were doing what I love that Mitchell Pearce and Maloney do and doing what old school halves do. They were linking up. Hmm. They were playing both sides of the field. They were joining together, and they just looked great in attack. Yeah. No, they were good. They were slick. The halves controlled. They were polished. Uh, I thought the back rollers placed a lot of pressure on the Sharks' halves defensively. They they were in great lines, and they were they got good quality ball because Melbourne's forward pack were going forward. Uh, the Sharks, at the start, they just looked stunned. They looked uh, shell-shocked. They were out of ideas. They, they, they couldn't go with Melbourne at the start. Um, and then it, towards the end of the game, once it was over, they got niggly and the game sort of went to crap a little bit. But uh, yeah. you ta- I could take a lot, out, a lot out of that if I'm the Melbourne coach. If I'm the Cronulla coach, well, it's back to the drawing board again. They just they they don't seem to even when they've got opportunities to put points on they or they've got good field position, they don't seem to be able to post points. I, I think you know they had more chances against Brisbane the week before, couldn't post points. They probably they had their chances against the Raiders in round one couldn't post points and then in this game again not not to say that they would have gone anywhere near winning it but when they did have their opportunities they they couldn't they couldn't uh, break the storm line open so mm. um, but the barber the barber experiment I mean you know my opinion on that he's a fullback so pick him at fullback I wouldn't um, even I wouldn't have bought him that's just I don't think I don't think they pay, they're paying no, a they lot. did they took the contract on no I think Brisbane are paying a a large sum of it. They've so. still got a big chunk of it, trust me. I don't know why they bothered. But well, they struggle to get marquee players anyway, so it's... it's and, you know, who else were they going to get? But, oh, well, I didn't mind uh, their signings this time around, but I just didn't get him at six. It didn't work. So why well, I don't, know whether, I don't know whether he would be playing if, there if, like, for example, New Brown was... Well, they said that's what okay. they bought him for. That's what they bought him for. Mm, well, I'm blown away, to be honest. I'm still blown away. Mm. I think they'll look better this week, uh, to be honest, if they do put Lewis there. And have Jack Bird on the bench. Oh, I'm already happy with that. Or Graham, something. They're, they're screaming out for a nine, and no knock on Michael Ennis. I just don't think he's a right fit there at the moment for the the halves and the fullback they've got. They're screaming out for a nine that can just take off on the back of those the forward pack. Like all the momentum the Sharks build is from their forwards. Well, let Leisha go. So, and and Ennis Ennis gets out. Don't worry about that. But he's more a ball player, not so much just a take off and run yeah. type player. Um, I think they could. They could do with Ben Barber sniffing around Ennis. They've got that combination from the Bulldogs. Uh, move, I'd move Gordon to the wing. It's no knock on Michael Gordon. Nah, but they need the ball-playing ability. They need someone up the, through the middle of the field that's just going to take off and take advantage of your Fafito, your Gallon, who, who are going forward. They're Holmes. playing really well. Holmes has got that ball-playing ability. Same thing we said about Sheck. The Roosters look a whole new beast now with Sheck at the back. And I, I would just narrow the field if I'm the Sharks. I, I'd, to my edges and my outside backs, I'd just focus on them defending better. 
uh, and then just play right up the guts of the field. That's they where sh- your strength They is. should be looking at the Bulldogs' mould of last year when they got in the finals run. They just destroyed the middle and then got the ball to their strike weapon, which was Lafayette. They should be doing the same with Latelli. Mm. If they're going to shift the ball, Latelli's the one you get the footy to yeah. on his shift. But other than that, you just destroy the middle third and try and work off offloads and momentum. Yeah. Uh, for me, more impressive again for Melbourne, like I said to you, I was worried about the left edge. And you said at week one, man was a little sideways. And the last two weeks, he's been brilliant. He's played straight. He's been aggressive. He's pushed up. Uh, he's better in the run. And the other things, the bench usually bothers me. Glasby, I'm really happy he stayed now. But the other one who impressed me and showed some real promise was Cafusi's brother. He was. Uh, he I, was don't think, I don't. There's not a player that I've really thought. Oh, he doesn't look like he's up to it. I just mean minute, minutes though. He usually uses 10, 15 minutes. Like Weston, he got his ten out of. Hinchcliffe, he moved around, but he, he let Felice go for a little bit there, and he was getting well, offloads. If, if they're doing the job, keep him on there. But yeah, and Glasby's the same. Glasby moves. It gives everyone else energy. You know? Yeah, and he, that's what he did. He rotated his bench yeah. differently, and um, he got McLean out in the edges because of it. He got to rotate the forward pack a bit. I, I was really happy. Yeah, the, it makes sense. The bench made us uh, a little more dangerous and a little more comfortable as far as other rotations. So that's definitely an upside for Melbourne, and they got to play the Cowboys this week, as we said. Away, Cronulla, they need to get a win. They're at home, they're playing the Titans. So I think if they pushed Graham into six, brought Lewis into the back row and uh, made that switch with Gordon and Holmes, I'd be a lot happier as a show. It's going to be interesting to see how they structure this. So what, what's named and what actually runs out will be two different things. So Yeah, well, that, that's, how I'd, that's how I'd be playing. I'd have Graham at six, bring Lewis in and put Holmes at fullback, Gordon on the wing. I'd be happy with that. And Bird on the bench. I think Bird should be in that side. They need something coming off the bench with a bit more spark mm. than Chris Hynington players of that, but uh, I think they named him at front row this week for his 250th. So they've changed something up there. I think Tagatizi got the punt after last week. So mm. uh, The next game, the Souths and the Tigers, 20-6. to six. Uh, The first half, to be honest, I thought the Tigers had a million chances. Their forwards held their own. They really impressed me, but their halves were disgraceful. Luke Brooks's numbers for the game, he had one run he made three errors, he had six missed tackles, and he made two tackles. Mm. He was zero involvement didn't look interested. I think Moses has obviously still got to grow as a half because he's played more fullback than he has 5'8". Yeah, I thought um, Moses was more impressive than Book. Oh, 100%. But for all the opportunities, I thought the front three and probably even Farrah didn't really impress me. I thought Tedesco was the one who was let down out of the spine. But the forward pack held their own. I thought they couldn't have done any more to enable them to be in a position to win that game. I, uh, I thought, again, the Tigers were probably the better side for the first 30. They let themselves down the 10 minutes either side of half-time. Yeah, that uh, was the South big lock, wasn't it? South got three tries. Two errors with the last five minutes, it's just South turned both into that's points. Why they're, that's why they're the champions. Well, that's the characteristics that you need. You need to be able to absorb the pressure, not crack, and then when you get your opportunities, take them. And that's well, what they did. Simply on your bad days, better teams still win. But, you know, I I really like the Tigers in this game. I, I, I really like the Tigers this year, you know, like... Um, and I think they'll take a lot out of that. Um, you know, the fact that they didn't win is... It, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, well, the harms need to be addressed. There's going to be a wake-up call there. They've got plenty of improvement in them. They've got a lot more upside in them than what uh, South Sydney do, obviously, because they're, you know, they're sort of... Not that they've hit their ceiling, but that you'd think the uh, room for improvement would be greater at the Tigers than what it would be at South. So if they meet later in the year and um, on a level playing field, you know, you run those two sides out again, I'd... If, if the Tigers can just keep improving and um, sticking to it, I think they might have made the eight this year. They could get it on they're the fringe. They're going to go close. You never know, but uh, Greg Inglis... Greg Inglis was brilliant. He was outstanding, saving tries, scoring tries. He wrecked a few people. Uh, I thought Adam Reynolds, again, quietly under the scenes, had a great game, great kicking game. 
And I think that's the other strength of when you've got such a good spine. I thought Kiri was ordinary, but they had such a dominant spine and they've got extra players now like Glenn Stewart who can chip in with the ball playing that you can have an off week or have a quiet game and it doesn't really matter. But the big rap has to go to Walker. Broken yeah, hand like man. 10 minutes in, scored a double, had an absolute ripper of a game. He was brilliant. Yeah, he was. So uh, I'm kind of with you. I thought that the forward pack, though, couldn't have done any more. No, to, they couldn't have. To get them that game, their halves let them down. They've definitely got. They just lack compo- composure. The end of their sets were a little just, bit unpolished. Just take the line on. There's a half. You got to take the line on. Every time they got the ball, it was just a simple shift. And I even thought the, the week previous against the Dragons, they their attack was a little bit off. Yeah, um, they same probably thing. They probably bombed four or five tries. So, but again, it's a work in progress. They're very. They played, they played three games. But they played in the South Hands, who play that up and in style of defence. They just yeah. they went hands every time. But they'll, they'll, they'll learn out of that. They'll learn. They'll yeah. get better. Hundred percent. But uh, they've got the dogs this week. Aaron Woods is 50-50. That's, uh, that, that hurts because he's probably been their best player. Well, he's making all their metres. He made 230 against Seattle. Not all their metres, but he's making a oh, he's, Him and Tapio are leading that pack. A great, yeah, a great. They're team. leading that pack, but that's a massive blow if he's out. South, as we said, they've got the Eels who are pretty beaten up, uh, even though they've lost Walker and Sutton. They, I think they've definitely got the medal here with the forward pack in particular. They've probably beat up on the Eels, so it uh, might be a bit of a painful week for them. Moving on to a more... Sore point, I suppose. The Titans went down to Newcastle, 20-18, to 18, that controversial call, but uh, a hell of a tussle. I actually enjoyed this game. It I, was, enjoyed, it, I enjoyed it. It, it was I... messy, but I love just a, a close contest, and they, these two were into each other. I thought a lot of the 50-50s went to Newcastle, but um, the Titans, yeah, they're just finding, finding ways to lose games at the moment. Uh, to let Jeremy Smith roll over that was through the, the middle was of the That was the worst winning try I've ever seen. Um, I, th- I thought, you know, with all the pressure that we were sort of taking, I thought, oh, well, if they score in the corner, it might go to golden point, you know, we might, the luck might change for us, but yeah. uh, didn't. Uh, I didn't. I thought we were better, um, but Newcastle, that, that's a big win for them. That's three on, three on the trot. Three in the last ten minutes they've um, won from behind in and, the first three. You know, that's probably the difference between making that and, and missing out, just winning those tight games. Um, I think yeah. history, history tells you that, but... Uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Titans would be too disappointed on the back of it. I think they'd probably be more disappointed at a couple of refereeing decisions. Uh, they've obviously had a tumultuous opening month. So uh, I think they've got the Sharks this week, which is a very winnable game. Um, but Newcastle, yeah. I mean, let's focus on Newcastle. They're 3-0. and uh, I thought Cade Snowden was good. Kirk Gidley was good. Um, Gagai. Gagai was... He's, he's been the form centre of the comp. Um, name well, him probably him and Dylan Walker, Blake Ferguson, they're probably the three for me that have stood out so far. Mm. Um, the halves halves have been tidy, uh, you know, and they they've got that they seem to have that little bit of intimidation factor back. You know, Jeremy Smith and Bo Scott. Scott are sort of bashing sides. Angry this year, what you want? All the all the bad stuff with Wayne and the McKinnon situation, all the negatives from last year, and all all the sadness that kind of hung around the place. It's been a clean slate this year. Mm. And uh, they're definitely running with Rick Stone's I just like, I like Rick Stone. Well, I think yeah, things are working. Oh, I like Rick Stone. I like the fact that it's played football. Mm. They're one of the ones I actually enjoy. Uh, for once, there's teams I enjoy tuning in to watch. I enjoy watching the Knights. Yeah. Because I let the football move a little a bit. A few people I know from Newcastle, they, they all like Stoney as well. Like, he's he's just a liked bloke. Like, he must be a decent guy. He seems like a decent guy. Yeah. And the players are obviously responding to that. Uh, well, I think Caesar absolutely epic. Uh, I've got to ask it again. You think he's a shoe in to stay there, but the male's getting stronger. He's going to come home. I think, I think he'll stay. So. 
I've got Mayo that'll stay. After watching that, though, you'd be surely doing everything in your power for the Titans to he's make best, sure... He's the best player in that roster. I've been that he stays with uh, Cherry Evans, if we, don't, if we don't have him there, even when even in Prince's last year, he was the best player on that he roster. He was, and that's what I'm saying, though. Would you move heaven and earth to make sure they're your halves? Yeah, 100%. And then build around that with yeah. whatever's there? Because I think they but have Then to. again, if he wants to go, you've got to let him go. Yeah. Well, the you, moment, don't, you don't want like someone said, there that... Homesick was the call, and now the male's getting stronger. The Bulldogs are, are going to jag him back. I well, don't how know. does that work? Again, well, I said the same thing about the flower situation. Explain mm. that to me. But that's that's the male, and that's it's getting stronger and stronger. Well, who's, so. who's going? Obviously, they're going to move Hodkinson on. Yeah, well, he's pretty much uh, shoe indicator Manly, they reckon. Because okay. Manly, uh, in that spot with no halves, they're going to have to pay overs to get somebody. Oh, I'd, I'd be very disappointed if he left. So they're talking knock-on effect. Hodkinson back to Manly, him back uh, into his spot there at the Bulldogs, mm. as he was a junior, so... Uh, let's see how that one plays out. But this week, Kane LG going to be coming in because Mortem's out. You must be excited about that. Yeah, I want to see him go around. But, the, I mean, the last half that we had come up from the 20s that had all the wraps on him was Jordan Rankin, and look how that turned out. Ah. So I think you're just going to manage it better. Diff- I, don't, I don't think you can throw him in and keep him in there. Just give him a taste, drop him back. Different taste, players, drop very back. different players. Trust me on that one. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him go around. It's yeah. obviously a tough initiation. It's going to be a physical game. Yeah. At Shark Park. But well, that's the one. Shark Park should be a rough game, uh, especially with Birdie and Taylor and all those guys. But they got into the thick of it the other night. Nate yeah. Miles and uh, the other game I'm looking forward to this week, Penrith and Newcastle, both conducive to playing some free-flowing footy. So we should see some points in that game. But the round finished off last night. The Sydney Roosters, 20, with a win over the Penny Panthers, 12. Uh, I thought the first half that the Roosters forwards uh, the more dominant. And I thought the kick pressure that Maloney... Built was brilliant, but they gave Penrith four or five first tackle penalties after putting in awesome kicks and just let him go. They gave him a couple of gave him a couple of play five penalties as well, which mm. Kuya, Well, I thought uh, first half, if none of those penalties are given, especially those early tackles and the ones you're speaking of, they could have really put a choke on it early mm. and got three or four tries. But yeah, Penrith did well to hang in. And mm. realistically, if you give them the Watines Lesniak try, they would have been ahead at half time. Yeah, um, and they I think they completed. You know, nine of fifteen or something at half time, Penrith. So they they placed themselves under a lot of pressure, and as you said, they they got let off the hook a couple of times. And Robinson said that at half time. You know, I think we've let them off the hook out of their own end. Yeah, cheaply. Um, look, for me, it was a physical game. I like that Penrith this year. The 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 difference I've noticed and uh, is that they're very physical. They're whacking up early in the games. So like yeah, the first ten minutes, uh, there just seems to be an intent to really get after. And be physical and be dominant, and you know they took the Roosters on in that aspect. Roosters, you know, Roosters going to hold their that, own, yeah. of course. But to beat these sides like South and Roosters, you, you have, have to match to, it. You, you have, have to, to take it up to them. And I, I think it was uh, as simple as you know. I, and I've said it before. I do like John, but he's had a long layoff. He did look a little bit behind the pace, and they were a bit well, sideways. They definitely weren't expecting to have have to throw him in. No, and that's what I'm saying. With South, I think they play a little bit more direct, and they've probably got a better chance. But early in the year, and I tipped the Roosters based on it purely with Ford Pack. I backed Ford Pack. Yeah, they. The year. they they missed out. They they in particular missed his kicking game last night, mm. and just having two halves uh, to organise and that familiarity. You know, like John really hasn't played there for. We well, didn't play there at all last year. I think he played one game. He's gone. He did his Achilles after he played for New Zealand. Um, so yeah, it's a difficult situation. Um, but one they they knew they knew about it all week. They had a long turnaround. I mentioned that on last week's podcast. I thought that was going to be an advantage for Penrith in the fact that the injury happened obviously at Bathurst and they knew and they had sort of eight or nine days to to train uh, with the new combination. So there was no excuse in that regard. No. Uh, the Roosters, they just cemented themselves. They're a top top four team. Um, 100%. I think their halves have improved again. Like yeah. they, their halves were probably the 
not the ones that let him down last year, but there was a noticeable drop in form from Maloney last year. Pierce is on fire, but it looks to me like Maloney's recaptured his form, and that's only going to make him a really dangerous side. And again, what Ferguson, I... on the back of that forward pack and the dominant halves, he's he's looking very, very dangerous. And I'll tell you what I'm happy about, and they're pointing it out because it doesn't get enough of a rap in commentary. He is probably, I'd probably throw it out. I reckon he's close to the best defensive centre of the comp. And I know he's only just come back, but he's naturally, he, he sticks, he hits hard, he makes decisions. He doesn't half-ass when he makes a decision at centre. No. I, think, I think he's close to the best defensive centre in the comp. Well, yeah. And particularly on jamming. He, he doesn't have, like I said, there's no half efforts or grabs. When he's in, he sticks. Yeah. And he gets a bloke before he gets a chance to even look where he's going to go with the football. Mm. For Penrith, I thought um, Moylan was very good. I thought Seguiaro, he got knocked around a bit last night. He was, yeah. again, very Dallin, good. Dallin had a good game again. He was, yeah. He's only, um, he's only 19. He's getting stronger and stronger. The one for me, like from a referee perspective, it, the release interpretation in this game frustrated me. It looked like the Rucks went back to... You know, 2014. Mm. They, there was a lot of laying down on the ruck, slowing the slowing the play of the ball down. No release call, and whenever there was a move call, the players were looking at the refs and peeling off slowly. I just I just didn't like the the ruck interpretation in this game. Yeah, well, for the Chooks again, I mentioned earlier. I love when halves link. They don't do it enough anymore. They all play the sides of the field, but when Pierce and Maloney link together, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And Sheck, he hasn't got enough of a rap, I think, the first few weeks. I don't think it's it's been underestimated how much of a difference he's made to their game. He's been awesome at the back. Yeah. And I thought he was again. He almost beat every first tackle last night. Mm. But the ball playing ability is being underestimated big time. He, he's added that dimension that I thought they needed last year, and I thought that could have possibly got them to the grand final. Mm. Um, but they obviously let me to try to run his race there, but I'm super impressed. I think them and South, it clearly won and two. At this Def- point in time, definitely. there's room. There's definitely room for improvement throughout, but I think one and two right now they're head and shoulders above everybody. Yeah, and I think Penrith are right up there, Kalaka. I think them and the Bulldogs are probably the next level. And then yeah, you've got your Melbourne and a couple other sides that are kind of sitting. I think there Melbourne and them. Melbourne and Penrith are clearly the two sides below them. Mm. Well, I kind of think tomorrow if they all, either of these two played anyone else similar to last night, I think they get the job done. Mm. I think they're in a league of their the, own right yeah, now. The, you're not going to win the comp now, but you're not nah. going to lose it either. So no, it's nah. about yeah. Making sure they're fit and firing come September. Yep. Well, I think that uh, pretty much brings us to the end. We did our Fast Five. We had Mr. Gossip on. I gave you all the odds from WilliamHill.com and the update from uh, our other sponsor on board now, the NRL Profits. And Box said we've just gone through all the reviews. So that's it. Done. Gets us through. Uh, everybody out there, make sure, again, like I said, I'm pretty sure everyone's off Potomatic now, but if you're not, it's your last chance. Get over to Audio Boom. All the plays seem to have gone back to normal amounts and then some this year. So good to see that uh, the growth has continued. Pot- uh, sorry, not Podomatic. Audioboom.com. That's the home of our podcast. And as I said, our sponsor, WilliamHill.com. A massive thank you to them. Keep your eyes on the pick-to-score competitions. This week was good. Everyone claimed their wins by one person. So good stuff. And if you were with SportingBet.com, it is now... WilliamHill.com. But for now, guys, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 